With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, welcome back. Athlete or podcast, meant Chance Marsteller. Dude, I have been waiting to talk to you on this podcast for a long time. So thank you, first of all. Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Right on. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, man. Um, Yo, we got to dive in right off the bat. What we do here is we talk about processes, right? Like I, I, we all know that there are successful people in all realms of life. But what I think is we're lacking um, in our culture is like the, the kind of step-by-step guide on how people got there, right? I think your path to the success that you've had to date is not very typical. <laughs> not very <laughs> no, typical. Let's talk about the origin story of Chance Marsteller, shall we? Yeah, man. I mean, how far back you you want me to start? Like, well, uh, you started wrestling when? Like when you were a feeder? I was. Uh, I started wrestling about the time I was eight, and I love I love telling people like the, my first story into wrestling. Um, I, I was uh, I was like a little chunk. I was kind of like a little fat kid, and. I, uh, my parents always like remind, like remind me of the story of, uh, like my first tournament, I was like Bantam heavyweight and, uh, we wait, waited around all day long for me to wrestle. Cause it was before, you know, they got smart and started getting kids out of the tournament faster. And there was only two kids in the bracket that, you know, wait around all day. And, uh, I just remember like, I guess I asked my parents like, you know, like, Hey, can I get something to eat now? They're like, no, you're finally about to wrestle. And I'm like, okay. Like, and I go out there kid double eggs me off the bat. And I lay on my back and get pinned in like four seconds, legitimately like four seconds. And walk off the mat and I go, I'm done wrestling. Can I eat now? So like, that's kind of like my, that that's like the origin story. I tell people of uh, kind of, you know, how I got started in wrestling. I, I didn't win very many matches when I was eight, but, um, uh, you know, like, uh, things, things quickly changed. Like, I mean, I remember when I was eight, like I still played football and stuff and, my uncle was around and uh, my brother wrestled and I remember like being in the backyard, he'd be like trying to show us moves and stuff. And I would like say like, I'm not a wrestler. I'm a football player. I don't like wrestling. And uh, then next thing I know, like I actually started training with him a little bit. And uh, then when I was nine years old, um, we set a goal kind of, I, I would say I set the goal like, um, Hey, let's, uh, let's try to do a hundred matches in a calendar year. So all of a sudden, like, you know, I went from hating the sport, but like I started training and actually started kind of winning a few matches, you know, like, and I said, I want to wrestle hundred matches. And my, my parents dove into that right away. And, um, we did, I wrestled hundred matches, uh, basically from the start of wrestling season until like, uh, July, August, the, the, the following year of like right around when I turned 10 in July and, uh, I went 90 and 10. Like I'll never forget. Like that was like the only record I really, really ever remember. I went ninety and ten, and my we were at a tournament. My uncle got hurt and uh, like broke his leg. And uh, who? Wait, 
who's your uncle? How did wh- wh- how did he get her to the tournament? So my uncle is my mom's brother, right? And right. Uh, he had moved to Pennsylvania and um, was living around us. And uh, he there was like an open division, so he was wrestling in, like the open division. Oh, okay, okay, okay. He was doing a, a he was like he didn't just get banged up in the corner somewhere. No, 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 no. no. So yeah, he he uh, we had this term. It was the AAU Ironman. He like. It was like where you wrestle freestyle Greco and folk style, then then you get this really big medal um, for the most accumulated points over all three styles, right? And yeah, so it was, he ended up snapping his leg at this tournament, and my mom like started diving into, um, you know, like where can we go train kind of thing, um, and she found Kerry Colot's place because he was at that tournament as well. Like he had the stand set up. You know, I didn't know who he was. The way he signed his name, my mom and I were convinced it was Kerry Volat, like because his K always looked like a V. And um, you know, and uh, I didn't really like the kids that I met at the tournament. They were kind of mean to me. Um, but we knew this one kid who used to always smack me. Like he used to be beat. Like I've never been in my entire life. Um, he does. He does. He didn't really wrestle in college, but he was good in high school. Um, but so we tracked this. Like so, she knew this kid was going there and. Um, I was like, I was fighting it. And next thing I know, I'm going to Colox. And, uh, you know, like that was kind of like my, my origin story. Next thing I know, I was going to Colox and it, was, it became my entire life. You know, I'm training there five days a week. I'm going to two tournaments on the weekends, double bracketing and got one from that hundred matches a year quickly up to 250, 300 matches a year for the next four years. And that I would say really is the, the quick start to, you know, my origin story. How how do you feel about that match count with your uh, development growing up? So I, I think it's a big piece of it, man. Like so, you know, like I I get really ticked off when I watch these high school wrestlers think they're too good to go to most of these tournaments, right? It drives me nuts because I'm like, yeah, you beat some good guys, but you guys are scoring two points in the match, and and you know, I mean, it gets tougher and tougher as you get to senior level. You know, there's matches I have where I don't score a lot of points, but it's part of the game. But in high school, there's not really matches where I wasn't scoring a ton of points, and I'm like, you know, if part of going to these different tournaments and different levels is one, I see two things: like a love of competition, not a fear of competition, and two, um. You know, there's tournaments you go to that are tough and you grind some out. And then, like, you go to tournaments that aren't that good, but, like, maybe you double bracket. You get some older kids. Or or you you get really good at your offense. So the stuff you're actually working on in practice, you start hitting it on a couple of scrubs or just anybody. Next thing you know, you have confidence in what you're doing and you move forward. So for me, like, I think, you know, I like to compete because I like to work on the things I was doing. And two, it was never my parents driving me to go compete. Like I drove them crazy. Like, you know, they spent so much money on me wrestling growing up. And I remember weeks in a row, like where they're like, Dude, like you can take off this weekend. And I'd be like, no, like there's a tournament down the road. It's at Central York, like 30 minutes down the road. I'm, can I please go this weekend? And I, I would go double bracket. And next thing I know, it's like, I remember like Chad Walsh, me, uh, and like, there's like another New Jersey state champ and and another PA state champ on my bracket, and like just little, little rinky dink tournament, like right down the road. And I'm like, and a couple of those guys double bracketed, so I got to wrestle them twice. And you know, I remember weekends like that, like coming home and and like, wow, I'm so glad I I I begged them, like, and forced them to make me go. Like, so 
I know too, like sometimes that many matches with me, a little ridiculous, you know, but like it wasn't because anyone was telling me to do it, it was just because I, I love that. Like I loved it, you know, I was so upset. You, but you're coaching now. Do you think that 250, 300 matches is right for your kids? Right well, I, again, I don't, I don't think my kids are me. There's not a ton of kids I coach that I go, there's, a chance there's uh there's the like there's somebody who loves wrestling like um taylor brooks or you know or Z, like Z, he was at every tournament growing up and oh some of these other kids like i don't see that with every one of my kids so but i have a so i have i have different philosophies for all my kids right and i think you know, I still think a high amount of competition is good, right? We have to constantly stay in the fire. But I still think um, for most of my kids, like the kids I have, man, like there's some kids I, I have that have come from good other coaches, right? It took me, I, I opened up my club later and I focused on high school and middle school. And there's a lot of good coaches that these guys have come from and that um, they still get a mix of me and their coach they came from. But there's a lot of – for a while I would say like there's, there's a – there was a club coaching problem going on. I feel like for like a little while, like here on the East coast and like, it's starting to get back to like where it needs to be with like really good club coaches all over Pennsylvania. So, um, some of these guys, what, was, what in your estimation, what was the big problem? Uh, I just, I just feel like, um, like, uh, so I, I saw kids again, like they were getting into the competition mode, but it was only like, we're only taking only national level guys to every single tournament. And uh, we're only competing against national level guys. So, like, there started to me what I saw in the club scene was a disparity between like grassroots, not very good, and then no middle ground, and then great, right? So, like, where are these kids on that journey, like, like in that through that process to get here? So then you see these kids when they get to high school who were were like good, and, like only in that area, but then they really struggle their freshman year. Why? Well, no one was actually helping them technically, right? And uh, or the, or the, the basics, the techniques were you know a little off. So like, that's what I saw, and I, and I think like talking to a couple of these other coaches, they saw that issue as well. Um, but uh, you know that's my my take. Like um, so again, every kid I train, I think has di a difference. I still think we need to compete a decent amount. I think some of my guys need to compete a decent amount, and instead of maybe two hundred matches, they need to do a hundred and train more. But then I have some kids who just like um, they have a little bit of a fear of competition. They just can't finish the big matches. Well, you need to keep competing. Mm -hmm. I have other guys who sometimes I want them to train more, but like a, like a kid like Adam Waters, dude, I can't stop that kid from competing. The dude loves to wrestle, you know? And I'm like, he just made the Greco world team for U17s. And he like, I, I have to like kind of like ask him, like, are you sure you want to wrestle this weekend? Yep. And I'm like, well, how do you fight that man? Like you don't get and you don't get these opportunities back. You no. know, these guys, these these kids don't realize you go to college and you wrestle in the school season. That's like really it. Like, unless like you're pretty dang good and you want to go to the open or make a U23 team, like and still like like that's like really it. Like there's a very limited schedule, and still then half those and the majority of the college guys still don't even get to compete because they're not starting or they're banged up. It's a long season and it, you know, so when we don't realize we don't, we don't get these opportunities back to progress in competition. So I have, again, different philosophy for 
my tiers of kids. Sure, that that makes sense. Because let's be honest, right? If you're if you're doing one blanket training and development system in, in 2023, you're probably falling behind. Probably yeah. falling behind. So, what would you tell an athlete going to a local tournament who's probably technically, um, tactically, and experience-wise above the level of the tournament that he's going to? What would you tell him the process would be for him to get better, right? Like, okay, let's say we're just working on outside steps. Do you tell him, like, hey, you're just working on outside steps today? Or do you tell him, like, hey, you know, you, you got to do a couple things, take what's given to you, but we're, we're, we're focusing on this. Yeah, the second thing you said, right? Because, like, I mean, it's like anything. It's like when Freestyle Greco starts and then all the kids are looking for fives, and next thing you know, they're on their head, right, because we're only looking for one thing. Like, I think it's it, – so I had, like, a thing with my high school school coaches. Like, they were, like, you know, if we're, like – if you know, I'm way better than the kid in the duel. I mean, it was, uh, we won't score a lot of points, not completely embarrass somebody, but at the same time, like, like you have to, if you're going to do five, six, seven takedowns, all try to do all different takedowns or whatever we're working on multiple times. And then you get the pin, get off the mat, you know? So for the elite kids, like that's kind of like my process. Like, are you doing stuff? For, exactly. Like you said, are you doing stuff we're working on? Um, you know, if, if you're struggling to get to in the match, like, did you at least mix it up? Did you not go back to the same well over and over again? Um, and that's something that Cole told me too. Like I, I remember like when I was like, uh, I lock here and got in trouble. I was trying to work my way back in. I went to my Messiah tournament and I called him. I had a couple, I had like three or four tech falls and he's watching video. He's like, dude, you did all the stuff you always do. Like, what did you get better at today? You know? And I'm like, oh, you're, you're right. How do you find that balance of, you know, uh, trying to get better, um, but also like wanting to win matches? So I, I, so again, like there's, there's that same, like, you know, every, every kid's a little different every, so like part of sometimes working the new stuff is like figuring out what you're really good at, you know, like at the senior level, like do just cause I'm working on something new. Am I going to go out and hit in the U S open finals? Like, like, no, like if it comes out, it comes out, but like, I'm going to go to the stuff I'm really good at and I'm going to get great at it, you know, and I'm going to have stuff, you know, that branches off the stuff I'm really good at. So at the same time with the, with these younger guys, right. You want them to develop somewhat of a style, I think. Um, and when you're doing that, uh so as we're like developing a style, like and you start to see something that works, like not only do we want to continue trying new things though, but like, if there is something that works, like, you know, we do want to hammer it home, you know? Um, but if like one, once my kid figures out, oh, he, he can fake, fake to a dump just about anybody right into a tight waist tilt or roll through a tilt. And we've been doing it. Okay. For a few months now. Okay. Now it's time to add to it. Right. Because then eventually somewhere down the road, we're going to get to the super 32 semis or quarters finals and run into somebody who's game planned us and knows, okay, he can't really wrestle off of that. You know, um, so yeah, we want to develop a style at the same time, like and hammer it home. And then, like when when we start to run into slight issues with it, now it's time to really branch off of it. Like, how do we, how we move down the line on it? So, um, you know, but where, I still, sorry. Where did you get that from, though, dude? I mean, it sounds very co-ish, right? Because he had he was so good. Like, 
I remember sitting in a practice with him one time going, you're good here too? Like you're, you're good in this position too? Like you're great here? Like, holy crap, dude. Like he's just great everywhere. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's the thing. I was really lucky and blessed with him to learn to be a student of the sport at a very young age, start watching international matches at a very young age. You know, that's the like, things I talk to my guys about. Like I don't say like, oh, I do this, I do this. I'll be like, hey, you know, did you watch this match today of – I'll say some crazy names that they never heard of. I'll be like, hey, did you watch Aliyev today? Or did you watch, you know, Sitikov today? Like, like we're on outside steps. Did you watch Sitikov? You know, um, we're working on our guts. Did you did you watch Rashidov or did you watch, you know, and I, I name US guys too, of course, because I think I think we're the greatest country, you know. Like I still name a lot of our guys and guys that they can go home and look up easier. But it's fun to because those are when that's when you start to figure out who the little me's are in the room or who the little greats are going to be the ones who come up out to practice. How do you spell that coach? Yeah. I got 75 kids in the room that night. One kid will come up. Not literally not two. or I'll get, I get, or, or someone or some of them are getting smarter. And I, I tell them to look it up all the time. Like just go home and type up freestyle world medalists. And Wikipedia will literally give you every freestyle world medalist. And you listen in the weight classes and listen in the years, just literally just, Find a name that sounds cool and just watch the match. That's what I used to do. Like, I'm like, oh, that name sounds cool. That country looks nice. Like, I'm going to watch that match. And uh, next thing I know, I'm down this rabbit hole, and, like, I've watched the entire weight class for a cycle all of a sudden. Dude, um, one of – listen, and I got to interrupt you. I'm sorry. One of the things that I think about probably more than I should, just while we're on foreign wrestlers, is the fact that at cadets – you almost wrestled Sadalayev. Yeah, dude. I mean, I and I really truly believe at the time like I was gonna beat him. Like I I you know, I really feel like you know, there was a time when I really derailed my life and, and I feel like I'm slowly getting back to where I should have been. And um, can you can you just explain really that tournament? Just explain that tournament to people that aren't geeks like me and don't know what happened. So at uh so I was at U seventeen worlds and um uh you know, like we were, we were on opposite sides. I was in the semis. I was wrestling this Ukrainian kid. And, um, I ended up, you know, it was back when there was the ball grab. Like, I, like, and uh, it's a period ended zero zero because it was best of three periods. And um, the Ukrainian dude was he he would he would get up big and tank out every match. Well, I was in on like three or four scores, didn't score. Fourth period goes the ball grab. He gets the clinch, gets the start on my leg. I go quad pod, and he kind of does like a crash gut and I, I snap my elbow in the world semis. That dude goes on and for the finals and absolutely blows the match against Sergio Live. He like teched him the first period, was up big the second period, like 5-0, techs were six and ends up losing 6-6, six, six, I think, and was up again 3-0 in the third. Like I said, this dude got tired every time. He's a big dude. And Sergio Live uh, Ended up beating him six three in the finals, and it was, it's it's crazy to watch. Though, like like I watch how much that dude's like. Obviously, he's the best pound for pound wrestler in the world. Um, but what I remember from him was is like like not a lot of people probably have ever seen the videos of that dude when he was that young. But th that dude would do like a thousand fakes and, and a double leg was like his main move. Like I don't I don't know the last time I've really seen him wrestle like that. But uh, yeah, so I and that was Fudge Live's first. Uh, first world title and i think less than two years later he won a senior title i don't think he ever did junior worlds I'm, i could be wrong 
Yep. So, uh, yeah. So that guy, and, and you know, just, I, but at the time, like, you know, we're both young. You don't really know who the guy is like, you know, he's the Russian, he's wrestling tough. Um, and in my mind, like, and I was like, yeah, I'm ready. Like if I'm ready to win this thing, you know? And, um, and, uh, but you know, I, I didn't, I went a different course that dude became the best pound for pound wrestler in the world. So, you know, uh, uh, I'm not gonna over speak like, you know, but it's a funny, funny story. Yeah. How do you, uh, build that culture? I just, I guess going back to, uh, you know, watching film and, and kind of encouraging your kids to watch film, um, you know, is that something you think you can kind of encourage, you know, your athletes to, to kind of do on their own? Um, or is that something where they got to want to do that? You can't really push that down their throats. So I'm going to tie in a little bit of what I said earlier about the disparity, right. Of, of, uh, grassroots to great. Right. So in that, when I feel like this was happening for a few years here, like in PA and the East coast, why it was happening was because, yeah, these kids had a good base of wrestling and then they were out conditioning everybody else or like strength training at like 12 years old, stuff like that. And, and getting like just doing stuff that like, yeah, like is definitely uh, pushing very hard. Yes. But like, again, lacking of skill. So for me, like, dude, I laugh all the time. Like I tell the guys like, dude, we don't condition here. We wrestle. Like I, like I only get three days a week with my guys at club. Like you will not find us doing sprints. You will not find us doing monkey rolls. You won't find us doing any of that stuff. I only get three days a week. Do I think these guys need to do some of that? Yeah, but not, not on my wrestling mat. You know, now we get in wrestling shape by wrestling. So, and that's my thing. You said like Cola was the best in all situ- like situations. That's why I tell my guys all the time. Like you guys are in better rest- wrestling shape than these guys, right? Like put them in wrestling scenarios, put them in. So like when we talk like that and then, I, I get them to want to watch wrestling, watch these international guys, right? And like start to develop a love of wrestling. Like the, the, the pieces start to fall together a lot easier, right? Because like we realize we're wrestlers, you know? Like when I cut weight, man, I don't, I'm not getting on the treadmill. Like I don't, I'm going to go wrestle hard. Like I'm going to go drill. Like, um, you know, you see some of these kids who are really good at wrestling. They come from somewhere in my club. And I'm like, dude, you were like, I, it's not going to last for long. You're 14, dude. I can t- I guarantee you when you're 16, nobody who's good is going to be wrestling you because you're you're no fun to drill with. You have no concept of drilling. You have no concept of uh, uh, of working through things. You have no concept of helping your partner get better and you to get better, right? So that's like the philosophy I take towards my club. And like, uh, you know, we joke around that we don't condition. Like we condition, you know? Um like, like it sucks because I, I feel like some of my, my cadet trials guys suffered because I did I didn't do a great job of training us for four minute goes. I think they they were ready for six minute goes, but because they wrestle, you know. Um, yeah, four minutes is not a wrestling match. I don't care. Like it's just not a wrestling match. Like that, it's it's nonsense. It no, if you're seventeen, dude. Cadet trials, I think, needs to go to six. I, I think cadet worlds needs to go to six. 100%. 100%. And I don't even think schoolboy, schoolboy, schoolgirl, whatever they call it, needs to be four minutes anymore. Like, no. why? Who is that protecting? What is that? What is that good? Like, how is that good? No, I agree. I, I mean, I mean, dude, younger kids can go longer anyway. Like, they're, they don't, they don't know how to get tired. So, you know, I, I, I have a five and four year old. They don't know how to get tired. No. So, but, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know who, like, I, I think, the, the other thing is too that, but this is something I've seen that's really cool. 
dude, when I watch U17s and U20s now, like, there's not much of a difference between the guys winning the thing. Like, yeah. those, like how many guys won this year U20s at the Open that weren't college guys? Yeah. I, I almost have to do it, I think. Maybe yeah. I'm Willowdale, Meyer, Casey. They're not, they're not far off from your level, bud. These they're kids good. are really, yeah. really good. Like real, like this kid, Meyer Shapiro, I know he's a junior, but this kid is like, like he can wrestle in every single position and he's scary. He's oh. scary good. So I was lucky enough to work with Meyer a little bit and I used to go down to his house and stuff. Again, a dude who focused on loving the sport wanting to know everything about the sport how's it how does this work how does that work how does you know i love uh i love the askren philosophy on what in that keegan o'toole film about uh you know keegan said what like hey ben how do i do this and ben said figure it out like that's that's how you teach wrestling like that's how like like take a position exploit it Right when we work on a high crotch, like we're not working on the high crotch itself. I'm working on like how in the world do I get to this guy's hands today to get to it? Easy finish. Okay. All right. Well, easy, easy getting through his hands today. I get to the leg. Well, now how do I finish? Right. Like that's you know, okay, he does this, I do this. He does this, I do this, right? You open up every door, right, and explore it, then yeah. What are some ways that you work to kind of help your kids develop a love for wrestling man so i think like a lot of my better guys like i try to bring them in um and hang out around me like in my daily life you know um you know sometimes when we're going to the rtc my guys were rtc eligible like when we're going to rtc practice and like after practice as not when i'm coming right but like in the summertime you know we'll go out you know take all the guys out to eat and just like and and we bs around for you know we, we turn a wrestling practice into an entire day excursion where you know we bs around and and we come home and i'll flip on the youtube like and that's gonna be in the background and they're messing around with my kids and again that's every time they're with my five and four year old Karen and easton like i feel like my guys are learning leadership skills i'm watching them learning how they're leading right so i'm learning how to lead um and and just kind of like it's really hard to be around me in my daily life um if you don't love wrestling like if you can't talk wrestling if you if you like uh my wife probably won't be my wife if she didn't soak up the sport the way she did you know like she's all in my wife goes off on these guys when they cut their weight wrong like it's funny right like we're out of vegas and these dudes are like not cutting their weight right and jen's like you know in their ass about it <laughs> and i'm like uh and they're like what does she know? And then like their parents like, you do realize like she lives with chance. She, she cooks for chance. Like she's done, basically does everything with chance for, for like the last 10 years. Like, you know, what I mean? like, so, you know, when they start to see like, it's a family realm, like, like this is a day, like I, I live it. Right. So you take them with you on a, on a full day excursion. Like they start to realize like, Oh, this dude soaks it up in every way, which are form. Like, and, and, uh, and I think that's kind of how you, another way of like, you know, you get them to fall in love with you, you get them to realize like, it's not, this, this isn't one of those sports. If you want to be the best, like, they, you know, you pop in and out of it. Like I, I somewhat got to live it most of the time. Um, 
Now, on the other end of things, like, I also try to, like, have them realize, like, you know, before the U.S. Open Finals, like, I'm going and hanging out with my kids before the finals, like, like my my children. And they're in the room and being nuts and, you know, or go out to pool with them for a few minutes, just, you know, and they're being nuts and jumping on people. And, and that's the other thing, though, is, like, I try to remind them, I'm like, dude, it's not as, as serious as it is as much as I love as much as my everyday life, like, I'm still going to wake up and have wrestling tomorrow too. I'm still going to wake up and be chance tomorrow. I'm still going to wake up and have my kids tomorrow. Like this thing's supposed to be fun. Like, you know, so like when they sometimes see me, like I'm getting ready for the US Open Finals, but he's, he's messing around with his boys. Like, like, why is he not locked in? That, I am locked in. I already lived it every day up to this moment. I already lived it every moment up to this time I stepped out on the mat, you know? So I think, I think that's like an important piece of film. The other thing is, is that when I take them on an entire day with me, um, they see the sacrifices I make. I drive an hour, like people who want to whine about coming to a club an hour and a half. Dude, I'm a, I'm a professional athlete and I drive an hour and a half every day, you know, and um, just to, to my club and then when I, or to my, to my RTC. And then when I get done, I get home and then I drive 45 minutes in the other direction to the club to train your kid. Like, um, you know, so when they start to see, like, oh, dude, like, I said, I didn't There's have no excuses. There's no excuse. Exactly. Like, when I, when they say, oh, I didn't have time to do homework, so I had to stay home and do homework. Doing the car, dude. Like, or, or I didn't have time for this. I didn't have time to watch video, but you had time to be on your Instagram. Like, you know, when they just start to see, like, the different sacrifices and and how I'm shoving 25 hours into 24-hour days, okay, it's it's possible, you know? Um. Uh, one of the things that I'm suffering with right now is teaching physical and mental toughness. There's and there's only a few. There's a few in my room that I just need to get. Hey, you got to buck up. Is there? Is that something that can be taught? Oh, dude, that's tough, right? Like, like I got goosebumps thinking about it right now as we're talking because, like, I want to tell you it's yes, it is, but at the same time, there's days I, I, you know, I do the same issues you do. Like, I'm like, sometimes I'm just like, this dude's never gonna get it. He just, he doesn't, he's not tough when there's no time left on the clock, right? Like, when there's no time left on the clock and you're down by one, like, but at the same time, I do think it's taught. I do like, so this is, this is what I think, uh, or this is why I think this. Is it possible to obtain if you haven't obtained it yet? Yes. Why do I think that is because like in my in my personal life and my addiction and stuff, like I think I had it at one point, right? Um and I don't necessarily know if I had it like the whole time. I remember like going to the quads as like a little kid and he used to always ask my parents if I had asthma because I could barely I could never get through the conditioning. Like I, I would wheeze and I would cry. <laughs> like I couldn't do it, right? But eventually I could. And then um, you know, I think I had this mental toughness and this physical toughness throughout me for most of my young career. And then, you know, I was, uh, I got worse and worse in my addiction, right? Like I lost it, I lost that mental fortitude over and over again a little bit. And I remember like getting clean and like, like trying to get back on the senior circuit and trying to work my way up. And I'm still like, if I lost the lead, I wasn't finishing the match. I still like, that was something like I had to, and I had to have like, notice that you know and i feel like there's plenty of times now i've had matches where i've been losing and i've been able to go get points now um even in practice like going with some of these better guys like i notice it more and more every day like like the longer i get into my sobriety i think the tougher i get because i'm, I'm 
getting pieces of me back personally, but um, the more days like I'm going with somebody who's really good and like I might give up points and go get them right back or I'm, or I'm, I, there's days where I can't stand up and I'll, I'll go score now. And that wasn't a thing for a few years. Um, so th- that, that's like, so I think it's attainable, right? Because I think I've personally gone through it. But at the same time, I struggle to figure out how to get kids to obtain that same skill that I'm I'm going through, right? Um, so yeah, I don't think you're the only one. Then, you know, there's different things that I do to find that 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 mental toughness, right? Like I think I run a pretty excruciating practice that most days, and uh, like yeah, I said we don't condition, but dude, we are in wrestling shape. Like we wrestle hard and we drill hard and. Um, and I think they, they build up somewhat of toughness to it, but again, like, how do you mimic those, uh, those situations in a match where, yeah, you can do your down by one by 30 seconds all the time in practice, but if kids don't want to go get it cause they're tired, they're not going to go get it. They're going to walk out of there and be okay with it. Right. So, um, there's been points in times before where we've blown dual meets as teams, like cl- as a club team, uh, on heart. And like for what we're talking about and um there's a point in time about a year ago i didn't let a single kid in my room wrestle live for a month and you ask why right it's because to wrestle live and to get a chance to go prove yourself is an opportunity right so like be to to like be down by one and not be able to freaking get in a stance because you're that tired but still be able to find a way to get in that stance and go get that point with 12 seconds left is that's an opportunity, you know? And so I didn't let my guys go live for um, almost a month, about a year ago. And uh, one day I practice, finally they didn't, they, they were just kind of getting used to drilling and technique, not being able to go live. And I go, all right, you're in on a high crux, 10 seconds, right? Like, so it wasn't an open go. You were in on the leg, good position, 10 seconds. A couple kids didn't score. You know, obviously this is a good wrestling. A couple kids didn't score. I said, all right, that's it. Um, another week without uh, another week without live. You guys blew an opportunity, right? Like how many of you guys, because you were tired, it's the end of practice, you didn't know you were going live because you haven't gone live in a month. And I gave you 10 seconds of live, the first 10 seconds you've had in a month. And you didn't work hard through it. Like like you didn't want to, you didn't want that live. You didn't want to go get through through that 10 seconds and get that takedown. I said, that's called squandered opportunity, you know? And um i'm like like and when we have opportunities we can't squander them and uh so you know we went like about another week you know and i, and I kept bringing that topic up you know and then for a while there you know i saw a lot more effort a lot more heart a lot more wrestling to the very last second um we always wrestle like you hit a wall you keep wrestling in our room um so you know that, that thing worked for a while I, obviously, I don't think I like the guys who were there at that time. I don't think I can go back through that whole process with them again because it's like, you know, you know, probably end up turning into being a dead horse. But it worked that first time for a few months. Um, that's something we talk about, though, like, you know, like be, being allowed to do it is, you know, an opportunity. Um, so uh, the other thing we do just like, like toughness wise is like sometimes dude, our dudes have like light hands. I do what we call a wake up call. Like probably most rooms, like the parents probably call the cops, but <laughs> we call it a wake up call and I'll, I'll count, I'll count down out loud from 10 seconds. And basically all it is, you're throwing hands for 10 seconds and like you need to have your head on a swift. It's just you're not punching, but 
it should be pretty close. It should be hard clubs. And, uh, and it's basically one that teaches you to have your head on a swivel, but also like you're going to touch a guy like in the first, like you need to call a wake up coach. You need to wake up. You got to get going. Like hit this dude. Like, and we'll wake, like that's how we'll get going. Sometimes every tournament we go to, we do a wake up call for 10 seconds. Um, and you definitely see us getting looks from other parents. Like there's something not quite right with those dudes. And that's okay. Like, no, I don't think that's working in Northern California, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's flying in much of California except Fresno. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so that's that. So we do a wake up call where it's, yeah, you get pretty physical for 10, but it's, it's 10 seconds and I don't, I don't ever go past 10 seconds. It's, it's 10 seconds. So they kind of know, like, you know, move your head, get your head moving. So you're not getting hit. And, um, but that, 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 that for the most part gets at least half the room kicked over to, uh, you know, as far as physical readiness, ready to go. Uh, How much of, how much of toughness would you say is competitiveness and can competitive some in a similar vein can competitiveness be taught um i don't know i think a lot of it is, I'm, I'm, i think a lot is competitiveness right like uh you know like just the want and will and, and you know i think there's always those two questions is like what's which one you is that you want to have is that you don't want to lose or you want to win like i don't i don't i don't know if either one's really bad or either one's really good you know but uh i i think that's something i don't i think that is something that that it can't be taught but eventually it can be learned like some kids who just like don't win a whole lot but they finally start seeing success like that you know that fire grows and the fire grows in that belly so i do think that's part of it um but uh i think i think the toughness like in, in the sport wrestling comes from like doing all the stuff you, you you know it's actually something jb said to me in this like we're sitting in the sauna last year at, at the otc and this is something like i've I found true for a while um you know it's a, it's why he's you know we talk about longevity and sport why is he able to go and guys his age are retired right and uh you know, why do guys eventually jump out of the sport? Well, people get sick of doing the stuff right. You know, like people get sick of waking up on time. People get sick of staying in a routine. People get sick of eating right. People get sick of of uh, coming to practice when they don't feel good. Um, you know, just, just all the different things. People get sick of dealing with the, the stressors of life and the wrestling part. So my thing is I think I think toughness comes from always doing those things that you don't want to not that doesn't have to be that you don't want to do them it just has to be that you uh again it comes back to living right living in the sport as how i think you develop that toughness of uh uh how, how i put it um it's just things that you know you're supposed to be it's it's absolutely just consistency in all realms you know and um, you don't do this or this, it's going to bleed into your wrestling. You're not doing your, you know, like people always think it's like this wrestling, like when it's going wrong, it starts to make you dislike all these other things, you know, or other things go wrong. You know, you know it's, it's always these factors bleed into your wrestling. Right. And, uh, I think it's that consistency, like, like, like your mental toughness will go up if your school grades are good. I guarantee you, like these kids don't, you know, fail a few tests, don't do their homeworks and stuff, and they're thinking about that in the middle of practice. They're thinking about that in the middle of the match. 
it's going to go down. I guarantee, you know, these, these high school 18-year-olds didn't treat their girlfriend right or something. And they, you know, did something wrong. Like, like that's in the back of their mind, you know, and uh, it's going to have an effect on how tough they're going to be at practice that day, which those amount of practices add up to what's going to happen out there on the mat. You know, uh, I think it's, it's stuff like that, that, you know, that preparation and, and doing the other things right and living a lifestyle. Again, I think that's part of the reason why my mental toughness has gotten better, right? Like I do, I don't have to, no matter how many things I do, I'm still going to question myself when I walk on and I'm still, I still go like, I'm doing this. And then, you know, I talked to my, my, my support system around me who always tell me I'm an absolute nut job. And I'm like, dude, like what more could you have really done? Right. You know, I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. That's right. Okay. We're good. You know, but like, so that's even, even when I know I'm doing everything right, I still question myself. Am I, could I have done more? Did I do everything right? So one more. So by having that little bit of, uh, um, having that part taken off my plate, you know, makes my mental fortitude definitely go up. I got nothing to worry about, you know. I, I got, like, no regrets, you know, for sure. Um, and, I, and, yeah, I think when you're not doing those things right or or just all this other stuff, you know, isn't adding up the way it's supposed to be. Like, like we have those second thoughts. We have, like, that lapse in mental intensity, you know. Um, okay, you brought up your addiction. And... This is something that I am absolutely fascinated by. And I say that because I, 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 and I, I don't want to influence your decision in making in, in this answer. So I won't say what I think, but do you think that there is a disproportionate amount of addicts in the sport of wrestling as opposed to other sports? Do you think that that wrestling has more say football or baseball or whatever? I think I I think two things on this. Yes, absolutely, a hundred percent. Like I grew, but at the same time, do I think it is changing? Yes. Do I think guys like Hale Sanderson have made that stuff change? Like guys who just like again a love for the sport, like like be totally soaked up in the sport. Most of his guys are totally soaked up in the sport. Like that's why it's able to change. Yes. I think I grew up like under the assumption that all wrestlers are, are crazy. Right. Like, like we like, like in order to like, I was always a uh, all or nothing kind of guy. Right. So like, dude, if I'm going to wrestle this hard, I'm going to, I'm going to do this many crazy things to match it. You know, like, like nobody can think like I do. Like I like, <laughs> like I know that's absolutely nuts like as I say it out loud but I think uh but I do think like the old there was uh I don't think this is everybody man like I don't like I'm not uh, I don't want to put this no. I don't want to put this uh stamp on wrestling but I definitely feel like the sport before me um when I was young I, I think there was a lot more I think there was a lot more stuff going on and the guys knew how to work hard, play hard. And that was kind of the mentality I grew up with, like work hard, play hard. Like if I play too hard, I work harder. And I play harder. Then I will now work a little harder than that. You know, and that was always the, you know, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. But at the same token, like some of these, you know, um, you've I've seen a lot of wrestlers pass away um 
from addiction. I got like way too many um, that that were and they were high achieving athletes, you know. And I I I, I don't think addiction discriminates um, in any sport. Like I, I think it's in all sports, man. Like, but I, I for some reason I I do feel strongly for a long time that that wrestlers were struggling. Really successful wrestlers were struggling really bad for a while if they didn't have. You know, because, like, sometimes wrestling is, like, it's a little bit blue color. Some of these guys don't come from, like, the right role models, but, like, they got good at the sport, you know, and they worked hard, and they had that high-achieving mentality, again, which aligns with addiction a little bit, right? We're addicted to the sport a little bit. And, um, you know, sometimes we know how those role models, like, like those are the ones we see go off the course, and um, and it's a double-edged sword, right? Like, like when you, if you have a high-achieving mentality, you're around other high-achieving mentality people that – have your best interests involved who know how to live the good life. Like, you know, like it's, but we're, and we're seeing more and more of that today. I think I really, I really do think so that, that it has changed. I don't, but I do feel when I was younger, I was under the impression of this again, though, I was young and thought I knew how the world works. So maybe, maybe I'm one of the few people who think this, but I don't think that's true. Hey, so here's the real question. I'd agree with you. I think we have a disproportionate amount of addiction in our sport. Do we attract addicts or do we create them? Man, that's tough. Cause I don't feel like if I answered either one of those, that's a good answer for the sport. Like I don't, uh, I think that it's such a personal sport and it's so intertwined that we're able to see it or see it faster or hear about it faster than some other sports at local levels all the way up to national levels because of the type of connection our sport has. There's, that's my answer. That's fair. Um, that's... Uh... I feel like uh, hard to follow up that that question here. Um, I, I think that's such an interesting take because uh, I mean, I, I, just like you said, like wrestling becomes such a focus of your entire life. Like it's not just oh, I show up, you know, to to do the dual meet on Tuesday, and you know, this is this is what it is. It's like you said, it's all it's your entire life. It's your diet. It's your nutrition. It's your sleep. It's your everything that goes into it. Um, and so I think it does kind of create a, a very interesting kind of dichotomy of like, it does take over your life and it very much can become like what you get sucked into and get addicted to. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. Hard, hard to follow up that, that, that question. So I'll give you like, well, like if I can just follow that up, I, I think that one other thing is like, you know, we talk about like when I say like. I have my wrestlers watch me with my own sons, right? Like, or, or just have them at the house. Like, and you know, spend like, maybe I'm bickering my wife. Maybe we're spending a good time together. I don't know. Like, you know, but you know, they kind of just see like me living like life outside the wrestling room and they go, Oh, he is more than the wrestler. He can identify as more than the wrestler. Does that mean I don't live it every day, every second of every day? No, but I can enjoy those moments outside the wrestling world. Right. Like I, um, I watch like, you know, like I, I, I think those are the people you see the smiles on their face. Like I, I really pay attention to what some of these athletes do. Like 
because I try to take a chunk of of the, all their lifestyles. And uh, like I watch my my good friend Nate Jackson, man. Like I watch, you know, like him and I will bring the kids into the room sometimes. Like he'll have one of his daughters, and I'll have one of my sons if the other kids are at school, like in the room messing around, like asking us to open up their applesauce in the middle of us going live, goes falling over because we can't breathe anymore. And and we remember. <laughs> It needs applesauce. <laughs> like, ah, it's just wrestling, you know? And uh, then it's like, uh, it, 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 so, or I watch, like, you know, it's cool to watch, like, you know, so, um, like, David Taylor, like, like I feel like, you know, I see him a lot, like, doing stuff outside of us, and it's like, man, like, what, like, you know, or on, like, a family vacation, or, or JB's on a you know, doing a family thing or I watch all these guys and it's like, you know, I think, I think these people are able to identify as other things besides a wrestler. And that is why they're able to smile when they wrestle. That's why they're able to be good to go, ready to go when they wrestle um, in, in a positive way. But at the same time, like, I, again, I think the best of the best, are able to identify other than a wrestler, but when we talk about living it, it doesn't mean I have to be wrestling while I'm on debate, you know, with my boys, but I'm disciplined in the fact of uh, I'm not going to go do something wrong or, or if we go out to eat, I'm going to get this or, if, you know, how, how am I going to treat my sons? Like that's still discipline towards my sport, right? It's still discipline towards my wrestling lifestyle, but it doesn't mean I can't identify over here. It seems like there's so, a larger like theme within the world of wrestling of, of finding balance of yeah it's this and i wrestle and i want to win but at the end of the day it's it's not you know the entire world of winning or losing this wrestling match absolutely and i i think that's important like someone said to me the other day like i they said chance i think you're wrestling so much better because like you have these other things in your life that are good and you're able to wake up and go hey if I decide to stop wrestling today, I have all this good stuff, you know, and it's stuff that we can all create for ourselves, you know, if we're able to, again, realize like we are more, we're, we're more, you know, um, if we're this high achieving in this sport, like we are more, like we can do so much more. So, and again, but still at the end of the day, what's my love wrestling? What is it all going to come back around to? It's going to lead to better wrestling. Hey, um, I want to get like kind of nitty gritty here for a second. You know what? <laughs> <My guess. laughs> All right. Fair enough. I, I do enjoy the details of the sport. Um, how have things, so since you're doing things right in, in off the map, how have things changed, if at all, how has it affected things like your pre-match routine? How how has it affected your your like the 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 hour before competition? Has it changed that at all? Um, I think uh, no, a little a little bit, but not so much. Again, these were you know I was lucky enough to have pretty good habits wrestling wise and still me at a young age. You know, like so I. But it did change in the fact of like of having a lot more trust. Like, you know, I put a lot. I I really like. Uh, I do feel like my my and my wife's faith have gotten a lot deeper. Like, you know, like when I uh, 
so that that piece has changed um and then the other the other piece though is that uh i i already hit a hint along it earlier like i'm able i'm able to get rid of these terrible thoughts like dude i don't know dude, if anyone tells you they don't get them no matter how good they are like i, I don't believe them because and, and i've never heard of anyone who's really good say they don't get there like like thoughts that are you know pounding their head a little bit um but the greats, I think, are the ones who can get rid of them the fastest, right, and, and turn them over. But I still get them. But, again, it's like that um, I'm not going to run up to one of my support system people like an hour before and be like, hey, I'm having this thought. Like, do you think I'm doing enough? No. Like, I, the, in that hour leading up, it's like, that. you know, you're not going to run up to somebody really and say, like, but I'm able to start to dissolve those thoughts a lot faster. I'm, I'm able to go, dude. We're, we're here for a reason. Like I, I've been able, like, we're here for a reason. You're doing the things right. Um, and, and that's, and that's why. So I feel like that hour before the other thing is that like when I, when I'm doing things right, man, like, like, again, I talk about being identifies other things like, and, uh, um, one thing on the senior circuit that I think is different. Like let's, let's talk a little more like the week of, is that uh dude you see some of these young kids and this is the thing i'm still trying to touch, like teach my club athletes it's like dude they won't eat like they'd rather sit around all day and not work out they'd rather be miserable i remember being like that even like going like one of my first senior tours like when i was still using and like just like cut weight go to my room lay down be miserable like that's it you know like and uh if we go somewhere like we're checking it out. We're exploring it. I'm going to smile the whole time. Like it could be worse. You know, I could not be here, you know? And so like, I, I make it a action to, to goof around, smile. Um, you know, Reese Humphrey, like, you know, he's one of my coaches and like, he'll, he'll bust my boss sometimes. But, oh, we got grumpy chance. And like, so like, like, you know, I really don't feel like he's really seen too much of that guy a lot in the last year. Like it just, you know, the more I do this, the more that, it gets better. Like sometimes the weight cuts tough. Like, but like at the same time, I feel like for the most part, like I'm trying. Not, I'm not even faking it, but I am kind of forced. Like I'm gonna fake it, force it to be like in, in a good mood. Like, cause like this is, we're we're lucky to get to do these things. We get to do at this level, and uh, so you know, again, like like if like how the heck are you gonna go to Egypt and not go on a walk? How are you gonna go to Croatia and not go? It's the same thing though. For like if I drive down to Maryland instead of Pennsylvania, like I'm not just gonna get up and go like check it out okay nice day out you know and and smile a little bit i actually talk to people out around me and then and and uh you know it just makes like that last way cut that much easier and it, it just makes all that stuff much easier you know more more enjoyable and then the other thing is you're more enjoyable to be around for the people that are helping you <laughs> you know it's hard for like dude as a club coach dude like some of these dudes man like like I emotionally am attached to most of my guys. It's tough not to be. It's that type of sport. Um, and uh, man, when they're miserable, it's like, dude, I'm miserable too. Like, and I think that teaches me on my end. Like, dude, don't be miserable for your from my coaches for Kendall and Reese. Like, <laughs> like it should be a good time for everybody. Like, we're about to go, you know, making it, you know, win a world title. Like, like we're gonna do that. Like, everybody should be having fun. You know, <laughs> like when you're. When you're not feeling well, what are uh, what are some ways you try and like force your mood to change? I know that you mentioned like, oh, I'll go out and go for a walk. Is there anything else that you'll you'll think about doing to kind of like force a change in your mood to like be a little bit more positive? Um, I, I I think just in general, that's part of 
it right like until like forcing moves like 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 are you for me like and this is part of like being an addict to like like you know being able to identify things about yourself much faster um to flip an internal switch like so I, like not necessarily a key but like um like like that's that easy just to go oh i'm just gonna flip this around and, and be happy no like that's but at the same time just noticing i think the biggest thing is is being able to notice like dude am i uh like am i just being down right like this right now do i hurt like what like if that's the case like like if i if i reckon that like i think re recognition is the biggest thing right like so i, I don't necessarily have like keys all the time like what am i gonna go do like you know sometimes it is maybe i need a nap sometimes i gotta go talk to somebody sometimes go on a walk whatever it is sometimes maybe it's make a plan to make a plan like you know and how on how uh we're gonna get this thing done um but uh but i think the biggest thing is just is the the quicker you can recognize the quicker you can get out of you know put your finger on it right? yeah. yeah that that actually makes sense man like call it what it is call it what it is immediately like hey yeah. i'm in a dog shit mood because i haven't had calories because you know whatever <clears throat> or because i'm sore or because of whatever okay well that's fine i get to be that for the next five seconds right i get to be that for the next 10 seconds and that's it yeah okay. like how, how long you want to hold on to that thing right cool great good how much good is that really doing us right now probably yeah. not all right joel shaw let's bring it on home here um i got one more question for you chance marsteller and you have let's call it three minutes to answer all right if you could wave a magic wand and change one thing about the sport of wrestling what would it be Oh geez, give me a second. Oh man, this is, I, I, I don't know. It's cliche. Like I don't think I would change anything, man. There's so many moving parts to this sport. There's so many different egos in this sport, um, and that's what makes it great. You know, like like there's just my path. It was A to why real fast back to be all over the place I, I i'm starting to finally find my way to get to z right and there's gonna be some guys that are trying to go a b c d and there's gonna be other guys like me i i think the only only thing i would change is like a, um is what's already starting to happen is is uh you know just for for our, our athletes who have been successful to be more forthcoming uh with with you know like how they were able to do it and actually go in depth with things um i think there's some really good athletes who you know don't really give the kids the magic of how they really got to where they got to um you guys can figure out what i mean by that but um and uh i think for me like like personally my story like dude, there had to be someone more people out there that were, that were like maybe maybe i could have got over faster you know, and, and stuff like that. Like besides that, the wrestling part, man, like, like I said, I think there's really some great club coaches like coming around. College wrestling is always fun to watch. International wrestling is great. There it is. There's your answer. There it is. I wish it was all freestyle. Ooh, more freestyle. Yeah. We've gotten a couple of those. We've gotten a couple of those, but I, I do appreciate the first part of your answer quite a bit. I think guys like I, I, I am gonna call it what it is. I am gonna say Kale could probably be more forthcoming with how 
he and 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 his guys have had success. And and I think if he were, if he were, maybe guys like you would have come to the realization that that was a better way to do things a lot sooner. And uh, I, you know, I don't. I, I'm not in the sport anymore. Meaning, I'm not necessarily media. I'm not necessarily co- like coaching at a high level. I'm coaching high school kids now, so I can say it. And I, I, I think that there's a detriment that's done a lot in secrecy. There's done like the the secrecy does no good no i i, I agree but um yeah i'm not i wasn't calling out, i'm not gonna call a cow for this i know <laughs> I, I have my shot there and i blew that so <laughs> no i will i'm just saying i will because yeah i you know i will will go back and forth as much as possible <laughs> trust me <laughs> but no i i do think like i i think uh, you know the more we share our successes and our downfalls and the, the more sport grows. I mean, look how much the sport has grown since media has become more of a thing. Like, look how much, when I say the sport has grown, I mean, again, look at that disparity between U-17s and U-20s. It's not men and boys anymore, you know? Um, look at the guys, like, ready like, to rock at younger ages and make these jumps. And, and I think that, co- like, that comes from the knowledge that's been able to be shared. You know, like, there's been a lot more media coverage and there's a lot more science behind the sport and just you know just and and stuff bouncing off each other so you know i i think but with all things like like that's like with how you got good at wrestling how'd you get good at life how'd you get how'd you get through things in life you know and that stuff so that's obviously obviously what i've what i did to myself when i went through like that's more of my my stand that i take but um yeah no just but i love wrestling like i absolutely love it like and I, I want my athletes to love it, and, and the people who watch it to realize how much more goes into this thing than that six-minute match you see on TV. Um, so, yeah, the more we get of that, you know, I think the more we'll have this whole world loving the sport, you know, the way some of us do. 100%. All right, Chance, tell people about your club. Tell people how they can get a hold of you if they need to. Um, tell them any, any of the particulars that they need to know about Chance Marstock. Thanks, Mike. Um, so, uh, so I, I run my own club called Stellar Trained. It is Stellar with an ER, not like the word, because it's like my last name. Just for anybody who still tells me I spell it wrong, um, that's that was the point. Um, uh, we're based out of Reading, Pennsylvania. I run my club at Alberta University. Uh, we have a couple of big things coming up. If anybody's uh, Interested, we have a Fargo camp coming up with overnight options June 30th to July 2nd. Our club runs Tuesday, Thursday, Sundays. I'm typically the guy running practice unless I'm out of town. I run every practice unless I'm out of town. Uh, quickly, one of the fastest growing clubs in the country. Um, we had six Pennsylvania State champs this year, eight Pennsylvania State finalists, like 27 high school Pennsylvania State medalists. Uh, we have a first world team member this year. Um, and uh yeah and clubs based on uh morals of both sides of life you know i want to teach my athletes to be the best they can be be better than what i was and do with the least amount of mistakes possible do with the least amount of issues um since that's not what i did 
that's kind of why our logo is the uh, the dragon and a sword. And the dragon is the S for stellar. The sword's the T for train. But really, no one, not a whole lot of people know this. It was supposed it's supposed to be a kind of the serpent in the cross type of look. But you know, dragon and sword's a little more uh, for everybody. Um, but you know, living uh, I live both sides of life, and I I want to see people be as successful as they can be um you know we run a world championship mentality type room where okay you might not be a world champion one day but you have all the tools that can make you a world champion in life that can make you multi you know millionaire one day if you if you apply these things to life or or that can teach you how to run you know run and operate a good family a good business whatever it is um I say run an operator family, <laughs> but be, be a family, you know, person. Um, so that's the type of club we are. And I think that's why we've been successful. And uh, yep, if you ever uh, want to get a hold of me, we have a Facebook page for Seller Train or my Instagram page is just chance.marsteller. Most of our information is updated on there. And uh, on those platforms, you can find my email and my phone number. Awesome. Thank you so much, brother. I really appreciate it. Yes, sir.